Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years. Years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to another episode of Mostly Lit. I'm Derek Owusu. And I'm Alex Reeds. And you'll notice that it's a bit quieter in the studio. Ah, the peace. The peace and the quiet. Peace and quiet. We haven't got Ray here today. She's, you know, she's out in uh, the tropics enjoying her mangoes. And she's not even enjoying mangoes. She's always tweaking about this jackfruit business. So yeah. she's probably enjoying jackfruits and whatnot. Off in Zanzibar. Up in Zanzibar. But yeah, we wish her a safe return. But she'll be here next week, guys. So, how's everything going? How's your week been, Derek? Um, it's been alright, you know. I've really been doing much. This, what have I, sh- I? You know, it's so strange. I, what I need to start doing is writing down what I've done Why in the week before I, before did? I get here. So when you ask me, I can remember. <laughs> Don't you remember because, what you did in the week? No, because I've always got so much stuff going on in my head. Like I've always got like books swirling around oh, and it's just weird um oh no so i went to Bayman publishing oh, okay on monday oh and then obviously they oh, yeah, I remember you, you went to Bayman publishing. yeah they announced that like i'm doing the editing for their books made better blog oh okay cool, cool, um cool. i even forgot about that mate wow <laughs> you so, so you're editing for the blog then yeah i'm editing so, so i'm editing the blog yeah and i'm commissioned as well so exactly if any aspiring writers are listening you know uh, pitch to me. Yeah, holler at Derek and his email. Uh, yes, my email. Yes, or oh, my app. My app is uh, Ghanaian Derek. <laughs> but Ghanaian spelled the correct way. So it's Ghana, I-A-N. That you, people always love to... Have they never... Wait, how, so, what's, the, what's, the, what's the wrong way? People I mean... spell it People spell it G-H-A-N-I-A-N. But it's the Ghanaian. G... Yes, but it's G-H-A-N-A-I-A-N. Yes. So okay. spelled like that, Ghanaian Derek. Um, yeah, so pitch me ideas. You know, we're looking for things about YA, children's literature. If you've just got some thoughts on the publishing industry, you like to put out there, you know, anything related to young people, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, hit me up. Done with the lovely, um, is it Amy? Oh, yeah, Amy and David. Amy and David, yeah. OGs. OGs out here. Real, Night of. real OGs in this game, you know. Gotta get them, gotta get them on the show. 
Hmm? Gotta get them on the show soon, I guess. No, yeah, we should. We should. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Definitely. It's kind definitely, of an, atro- definitely. an atrocity. Yeah, been on. They're real G's because obviously with this whole diversity discussion, they've really come to put the mo- their money where their mouth is, mm-hmm. and they thought you know because obviously they both we're both in publishing before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Working jobs um, yeah. in bigger publishing houses. Yeah. And then they thought you know what. Let's just go do our own thing. You gotta be the change. <laughs> what is it so cliche? You gotta be the change you want to see in the world. Where is that from? Where's I don't know. From? I think it's just like a non-saying or something. <laughs> I think. But no, real talk. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're absolutely right. So yeah. they've really come out here, and you know, they've really took. They've really taken me off the streets, and you know, and, uh, and put me in, in this role. Huh? You rose up here in his tracksuit. Fab, I was really out here, bro. I was tired, bro. <laughs> you know. What's good with you, though, Alex? I'm all right, man. This week's been this week's been a really good week. I gotta say, like, like heading. I went to see Julius Caesar on Thursday. Oh, and it had um, David Morrissey's in it. He's on like he's in The Walking Dead. Okay, um, apparently. So I was reading all up on that after. Mm. Um, even the guy who was in uh, Have you seen Spectre and um, Skyfall? Yeah, Q. Inspector. Yeah. Oh, the the little posh twat. <laughs> the posh, yeah, but anyway. Okay, like, I think he, I know you're talking about. Yeah, he was in it. But he's supposed to come across like well, a posh twat, though, yeah. isn't he? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not calling the actor a posh twat. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. So, Just so he was in it. He was in it. Um, he was Brutus. Um, and you've not seen Game of Thrones, but the woman who mm. plays um, Cat Stark was in it. So the mum from from the Stark family, she was in there. So Michelle um, Waverly. But yeah, it was really good. It was really good. Like, so we were down in the pit and the stage kept moving. Right. So, because obviously the story of the story of uh, Julius Caesar is that he's come, he's like an autocratic leader. He's come back, he's won the election, etc. And like, mm. the, the kind of, the way they staged it was that there's so many people in the pit. Mm. So it's like, we're just the, the Romans, the Romans. And like, you know, when it's his funeral, I mean, mm. you hear the speech, like friends, Romans, countrymen, etc. Mm. Um, yeah, it was really good. It was really good. And they had like little actors in the, um, in the crowd mm. who were like protesters and like shouting at random points. And you never see where they come or when they arrive. Oh, you know that's what sick. I mean? And like, they'll be like, get out of the way, get out of the way, get out of the way. So yeah. like, as if the usher you out of the way for the, um, for like the, for Julius Caesar to come. Mm. But it was kind of like more to get us out of the way so that the stage can go up. So that ah, right, right, like right. Injured in the, in the process. That's it. Where was that? Where was that? that was at Bridge Theatre. In that's like, it's a new theatre mm. opened by um, Nicholas Heitner. He, he's a, he was the artistic director of the National Theatre mm. for so long. And then he opened up a new theatre. He left there and opened up a new theatre in London Bridge. Right. And it's like, it's a, it's a nice swanky new theatre. Yeah, nice yeah, life. yeah. It's, um, it's really good. It's really good. I really enjoyed that. And then I went. Then we went to see um, the Brothers Size. Yes, we did on Friday. I even forgot about that. Yeah, we went to see Brothers Size on Friday. Um, that was good. That was really good. Really good story. Um, written by Terrell. What was his name? What's his name? I forgot as well. Yeah, with Terrell, who wrote yeah. um, Moonlight. Mm. So basically, so it looks like it was the, a the rerun. play. The play Moonlight. Yeah, the play Moonlight. Mm. Um, <clears throat> looks like it was a rerun. Because it was, it came out. It was in the Young Vic back in two thousand and seven. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, so it's been here before. Yeah, it has been here before. Okay. And um, yeah, so it's kind of it was it was nice to see. It was a uh, Terrell Alvin McCraney. Yeah. So it was really it was a really it was a really good play. Like um, like the lead characters, they had names of Yoruba gods, and I really wasn't aware of that until Derek explained to me. After the, after yeah. the play that that was, that I don't know why case. though. I wish I, I don't know why did they have those names because it just I don't feel like 
there was any element of like the stories, you know what I mean? The folklore stories in that play, unless yeah. there's obviously folklore, parts of the folklore that I'm missing. Yeah. So I just didn't really understand why that didn't know. It probably was because of the characters of the play rather than... The, Maybe, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. Ogun being so serious yeah, and tough and... Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, so that's probably what it was, but I need to read the play because we've got a copy of the play. Mm. So I'm going to read that and have a look. And there were some really good monologues in there, so... It was good, man. It was you nice. And your it was just a nice, huh? So you and your monologue. I know, man, but they're really good because I need to learn them. You know what I mean? Mm. But um, they are really. It was a really good week, like just for just culture wise, just getting out there and just uh, finding myself in these spaces. But it was good. Good. I really enjoyed them. I really enjoyed it. Glad to hear it, mate. Yeah. What you What are you doing? This <laughs> week? What are you reading this week? Um. Also, I'm currently reading. I'm reading two books. So hold on. Okay. The first book I'm reading, which I'm really enjoying, is um, To Serve With Love by E.R. Braithwaite. To Serve With Love. Yeah. Was that Sidney Poitier's? Yeah, so Sidney Poitier was in the movie. Yes. I haven't seen the movie, but um, apparently I've seen really parts good. of. I've seen parts of it. Did he not win an Oscar for that? Probably. I mean, he, he got a couple of Oscars. Um, but um, yeah, the, yeah. Book's, <laughs> the book's really good. Uh, the writing is nice. A little bit antiquated, but I mean, I'm, I'm just quite used to that style anyway. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's literally just dealing with things that we're really talking about now, about what it means to be British and how these microaggressions affect us and how the British love to cover up their racism with, yeah. with courtesy and politeness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and he obviously makes the point that so many of us make is that, oh, the overt racism in America is is better racism, yeah. than the covert racism here only because you then can see what you're fighting. Yeah. You can't win a battle if you, you did. can't see the enemy. If, yeah, people pretend there's no fucking yeah. opponent. Yeah, it's like that clip that was going around with Afua Hirsch and the pledge. Do you remember? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, um, she was basically talking about white privilege and all of that. Yeah, that jazz. And you know, there were um, other hosts, and they're just like, "Oh, yeah, well, if you can't see, like, you know, it means they're nice people." Like, oh, she said something that just so stupid. My, what did she say? She said, she said, if it's well not intentioned, Afua, the, um, other, yeah, she was like, not through her. The other woman said, if it's well intentioned, then it's not really racism. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like what? you like, cannot you, you, believe you come, that. Like you've come on to national television to go and talk nonsense. Do you see what I mean? Like absolute rubbish. It was disgusting, man. But um, yeah, and that's kind of so. I kind of yeah. So I agree with kind of with that. Like, yeah, yeah, mean? of and, course. And they kind of like they're talking about oh, if they, they kind of try to cover up this niceness. I make it, make it so that you know if you're nice, then therefore everything's okay. Yeah, but this is and a, that's this, the issue. This is the, the British thing. I know Br- the British. We you know we ha- we have this kind of like this this polite thing going on. Do you know what I mean? We always want to be polite about everything and pretend everything's rosy and everything's fine. But with racism, fam, I just really don't have time for it. Yeah, it was Carol Malone. What? Who said that? Yeah, oh, okay, it was yeah. Malone, man. Yeah, I really don't have time for it. But anyway, the books the books <laughs> also about. Um, <laughs> It's also about teaching him. I mean, he's a teacher. Gets he's, uh, he gets a teaching post after he gets rejected from a couple of other yeah. jobs. I think it's quite autobiographical as well because I did some research on it, Yard Braithwaite. Because I thought to myself, in conversations about uh, black British literature, honestly, I've never heard him come up. And I was just thinking, why is that? I understand that he's obviously, he has, I mean, I think he's obviously like, uh, he was a US resident as well. He probably had a US passport. And obviously he's not from, originally from, the UK, he's from, um, hold on, um, Br- uh, British Guyana. 
on Guyana, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's only ju- like he died in 2016. Yeah, that's what I mean. He lived a long right. life. That's he, a long time. Yeah, yeah, he lived a long life. Wow. So, but yeah, I was just wondering why don't why don't people mention it? and what he talks about in this book is very very relevant. So yeah, found enough. For, okay, let's give that read. But I'm I'm really enjoying it so far. Sorry, oh, I'm going on. Lived long, 104. You know, <laughs> mate, he lived a long life. That's that's privilege. He was very privileged. That is a fulfilling life. He was very privileged, mate. I think he I think he went to Oxford as well. Like the way he talks about the British and being a Britain as well is yeah. very. I don't really like it. Romantic. Is it romantic? It's very romantic. Like oh, we used to love the British way of life, and obviously he talks about how he's um. Um, like his idealism is, you know, smashed into pieces when he gets rejected from a job because of the fact he's black and he's like, okay, I've obviously been living in a fantasy world because, yeah, 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 cause do you know this, what I mean? This can't be life. Exactly. But, I, and I'm also reading, started reading Darling by Rachel Edwards. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not out yet. I, I believe it's going to be published in May. Um, but quite interesting. And obviously, obviously another story that deals with race, but I believe it's like a love story. Mm. It's just, um, Nice, nice language. I mean, I like the way it's written as well. Who did you say it's by? Who's uh, it by? Ra- Rachel Edwards. Rachel Edwards. Yeah, published by Fourth Estate. It's going to be published in oh, May. Okay. It's called Darling. Um, cool, cool. I believe it's about interracial relations and all that kind of stuff. You know, you oh, know, that, we love that shit. So. All that jazz. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What are you reading? Though? I'm not actually reading anything this week. I've been focusing on what the book we're reading this week and just other creative pursuits like writing or something writing and um acting monologue monologuing and just work Mm. itself like writing features and all those different things so i'm just not being able to pick up um any other kind of book but i will be back on it next week um so yeah sorry guys don't have one okay Um, cool all right so do you have a gem this week I do have a gem this week, and it's quite different, actually. Um, yeah, I was shocked when you told when I read this because I was like, "This is not something that you would typically." Yeah, I pick mean, up as a gem. I, the thing I think I've chosen the book as a gem before, but I've never chosen it as an audio book. And it's Stoner by John Williams, and the audio book is read by Alfred Molina. Oh, um, right, okay. Yeah, and it's so good. Like from the beginning, he the tone is literally perfect for what it for what this book is mm. it's really like from at the beginning it's really melancholy where he's talking about where um john stoner's um obviously working with his father on the farm and all of that kind of thing and then his father sitting at the table saying okay you're going to go to study um at this this new agricultural school yeah it probably it's just so good he reads it so 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 well um alfred molina people probably know him as um Doctor Octopus in Spider Man Two. Yeah, yeah, um, and obviously he's a, he's a very famous actor. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's really really good. And like I was saying to you, I know you said that you can't really listen to audio books on fiction. fiction. I can't. Yeah, fam, if you if the if it's the right person reading it, mm. bro, it's some it's, people do say this because Ray was saying this the other week about Stephen Fry as like, well. Yeah, yeah exactly. I like, I don't know. I'll try it. I'll have a go. Because, bro, I mean, like, like I was on the train the other day. And I was like, I had like, it's the, the good thing about audiobooks is I was on the train the other day and there was like two people on this side, two people on the other side reading books. And I was listening to obviously um, Stoner. And then I thought to myself, rah, like, I'm actually reading a book too and nobody even knows it. <laughs> and it was, I was, <laughs> it was just interesting. And I just thought, wow, okay. And but don't you find yourself drifting, drifting away when you're, when you're listening to it just because it's. Um 
it's, you're listening. Do you know what I mean? Like when you when, when you you know when you're focusing on mm. reading, when you're focusing on reading a book, like mm. you're looking at the book and you're reading the book, mm. so you can actually hone in your focus. But mm. if you're on the train, like I'll be listening to a, a sentence and then I'll be like, oh, I wonder what, and then I will be looking at somebody or something will catch my eye. With somebody, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so but Alex. Kinda, People do that when they're reading as well, but they just don't realize it. This is what I've come. This is what I look. Let me tell you something. How do you know? Because Alex, when I'm reading a book, shit. yeah, I'm telling you, everybody, no one is taking in every single word, every single sentence. I'm telling you, they're not. So when you're listening and you drift off for a second and come back to it, I, I guarantee people do that same thing when they're reading a book, mm. but they just probably don't realize it. Do you know what I mean? Okay. That's 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 what I think as well because I thought to myself. After listening to the like, first couple of hours of Stoner, I thought back to myself and I thought, okay, I can still remember the poignant moments that he's read to me and, do you know what I mean, the descriptions that I thought were amazing. I do exactly the same thing with, with a novel. I can think back. I don't remember the minor details that literally just cushion yeah. everything else. I remember the poignant bits. Do you, know what, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I yeah. thought, okay, so what is the, what is the, the fucking difference here? <laughs> and also, sorry, one, one last thing, yeah. When I listen to audiobooks here, yeah, I like to kind of think that I'm, especially non-fiction audiobooks, I really love to feel like I'm just absorbing information absorbing. without having to do anything. So that's basically, well, that's like with fiction though. Because you're, you're absorbing the story rather than information. As well, it's yeah. You're, you're yeah. taking in the info. Exactly. But, it just feels easy. It's, bruv, audiobooks is just like, it's just so convenient because it's like, you know in The Matrix, yeah. this is where I look at it, where Neo's sitting in the chair and they plug him in and he's like, oh, he absorbs all of this stuff and all of a sudden he knows how to do this. Yeah. With audiobooks, I feel like it's probably the same thing where it takes a longer time when it comes to non-fiction anyway. Did you, you didn't say what the book was about though. Did you, did you mention it? Which book? Stoner. Oh, Stoner. Yeah. Oh, God. Is yeah, it so... It's literally... It's, it's, it's just about... Uh, uh, it's about Stoner. Character, you know, it starts from... He's, he's uh, from the beginning of his life to the end of his life. I mean, nothing amazing happened in his life, but it's just well told. And it just basically... It's, it's, it's literally... It's like... It's an existential novel, I would say, because it deals with a lot of things that... So it's your kind of novel. It is. It is. But obviously, it's... It's not an obviously existential novel. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, just little things happen in his life, the things he has to deal with in terms of marriage and having children, his work. And, you know, at the beginning of the novel, they really, they say very outright that Stoner was a, a guy of, like, no consequence. Like, he was yeah. just another guy. People remember him as someone who has just recently died. Mm. And it reminds them of their own mortality. The younger people remember him as, I guess, just that... that um, that lecturer, yeah. you know, the junior, he was never, he never became like a senior lecturer or anything. Oh, wow. Okay. But um, it's just, it's good. John Williams is a genius, I yeah. think, as well, you know. And if after you've read Stoner, we'll, we'll read, listen to it, whatever, literally probably the same thing. Mm. Check out Butcher's Crossing as well. Butcher's Crossing. Butcher's Crossing, which yeah. is a definite existential novel by John Williams. Really, really, really good. These were like hidden classics, mm. and apparently Stoner blew up. I remember seeing Stoner all over the place at one point, like yeah, five years ago. Like, this yeah, is a long, but John Williams was. A, I think he was an obscure author until um, who was it? Someone who wrote Atonement again? Um, I, McEwen. I, Ian McEwen. I think apparently he mentioned John Williams Stoner on a show or something, and then apparently sales went through the roof. Right. Yeah. Sales, mate, um, but also it's an amazing novel as well. Yeah, yeah. So that helped, and then obviously Waterstones made it. I think like one of their 
yeah, sort of classic. hidden gems sort of things. Yeah, yeah the classics kind of. Yeah. Yeah, um, and then it started the only, popping. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the only other film, the only other film, the only other audiobook that I've ever, like, fiction-wise, I think the last one I listened to was The Five People Who Meet in Heaven, and I've mentioned it before in the show. Mm. And that was, like, I had to rewind that often to make sure that I, that I got the story, because like, there'll be times I'll be drifting and be, like, thinking, oh, did I miss my stop on the bus, or did I do... You know what I mean? Mm. So I'd have to do that. So I commend you for that concentration. I'll try it. I guess. You're really talking like listening has... This is... Is it terrible? You're... It's just the way... It's just the way I absorb information, mm. I guess. Like... I don't know. I guess it's just the way I absorb it. Especially when it's a story. Yeah. I have to be fully... I have to be... Actually, I would have to, like, literally be sitting in my room in silence mm. listening to this story. Like, actively listening. Mm. I can't be doing more than a more than one thing. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, fair enough. So I find that that's kind of one of the the downfalls for me but yeah okay so that's stoner by john williams yeah that's stoner by john audio book read by alfred molina cool so moving on yes moving on mostly lit this week we've got a play that i picked um it's called killology and it's written by gary owen and yeah, fundamental thoughts around this. It's a, it's quite a short play, and it's about um, it involves three characters, so it's episodic. And what that means is that you know these three have their individual stories that eventually cross over towards the end. And it's about a, a, a game developer who creates this game called Killology, where you can virtually kill people in the most creative way possible. And the more creative that you kill them, the more points you get. Mm. Becomes a phenomenon. He makes loads of money off it. But there's an underlying issue between the, the next two characters, who is the father and father and son, and the repercussions of a game such as Killology and how that happens. Mm. Did I explain that correctly? Right? Yeah, yeah, you did, you did. Yeah. So, first of all, what do you think about the book? What do you think about the play? Well, I mean, Alex, I hated it. <laughs> I really didn't like it, mate. I just thought to myself, like, this is just... It was very real for me. It was very immersive in the way um, the play was written. As well. I, was really, I really got into it, but I just didn't like the story. Um, I thought it was really heavy-handed with the issue. Mm. It was obviously trying to bring to light an issue that's been discussed for a very, very long time. Um. I did appreciate the relationships between the fathers and the sons as well, which was cool, you know, to contrast those as well. Mm, mm. Um, but yeah, man, I just really, it was just too, and it just reminded it was me. Graphic, wasn't it? Yeah, it reminded me of something because I know something similar happened. There used to be a game called, I think it was called Manhunt. Yes. And something yes. similar That's happened it, where. Yeah. That reminded me of that. Yeah, they, they killed somebody in, in like in a Manhunt way and then they came to do this man, the game's fault. Mm. I just would rather not be reminded of those kind of things. So, yeah, on the whole, I, I weren't really feeling it. I won't lie to you, bro. Oh, no. thing is, like, um, I did pick it up on a whim. Um, but I felt like it was... I felt like, for me, a lot of the time, like, throughout that story, there was the big narrative of the father and son relationships that was going on. And just about how certain relationships, um, how it just becomes cyclical. Mm. You know, your father, like, you, they look after you 
they may not look after you for that well in life, but then mm. you actually end up you the both of the characters ended up looking after their fathers. Yeah. Towards the end. Yeah. Which I found really interesting. And um it was I mean, there was one one of the most Wait, 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 whoa. No no they didn't. No they didn't. I think you missed something. How? The the, yeah. the guy who created Keology, yeah. he ended up looking after his father. Yeah. But the other boy, he wasn't really looking after his father. His father was dreaming it. Oh right. Yeah, he wasn't really he died. He was killed. He was killed when he was fifteen. He didn't grow up. Oh right. Yeah, he did not grow up. <gasps> okay, so that changes everything. <laughs> Alex, you it. don't even read the thing I, read, I, read it. I read it. But I didn't I didn't I didn't see it as that though. Yeah, that's that is that's literally it. Oh my gosh, I feel shaking. Because don't forget, when, <laughs> I feel shaking up. Like, because when his father's in prison, yeah. he's like, I keep on dreaming what my son's life would have been like pa- but, past but, the age of fifteen. Because yeah, I thought that, that was because he wasn't there. Nah, it's be- no, it's it's because I mean? he he was killed. Remember the the two boys, the two the guys, they were like teenagers who knocked him off his bike, yeah. put him in the back of their thing, they tortured him, and then they killed him. Mm, and then the the father who kid tried to kill. The game developer, yeah, yeah, yeah. he ended up in prison because of that. Yeah, and in, he's dreaming about his son, him getting old, his son becoming working in the hospital. What could have happened? You know, like mm. yeah, he's know, because son's the, dead. Thing is, I didn't because there was a bit, and it was like, oh, he was in hospital, mm. and he was learning to get better. Yeah, and then the phys- and he didn't like the physio the physiotherapist, and then he went back to school, and then he wanted to be a doctor, and then they said that your grades aren't there, so he had to reset, and you know what I mean. And he just ended up working in the hospital, in the which hospital. I thought was amazing. We I just, love that. Yeah, he worked in the hospital, and then he became like a health a health assistant, etc. Then he became a and nurse. That's what I mean, but I didn't I didn't cotton on that it was that he never did any of that. Yeah, he never did any of that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he 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 died. He was dead. Right. I know, right? I mean, like the the book is the book is the book is dark. Um, yeah. The book is dark, but it kind of raises a lot of questions. It's about like how how much you kind of like take like, how how much can we take the law into our own hands? Yeah, like you know, like it was just because the father of the of the boy who now I know died, mm-hmm. um, he went to go and have a he went to go and like you know torture. The millionaire who made the the game made the game, mm. and I want to know how right do you think that was? Well, I mean, I am not really one for retributive justice, right? And obviously, taking matters into your own hands is against the law. So it's not whether you know whether it's right. It, no, sorry, it is a question of whether it's right or wrong. We know it's lawfully wrong. Yeah, but fam, if somebody has tortured your son. Like literally burnt them, cut off limbs and stuff, <sighs> bro. Like I mean, I I can't sit here and say that if if someone says to me, "Oh, I'm gonna go and kill this guy because he's kidnapped my boy," he he, he done all these things to him. I can't sit there and say to him, "I think that's a bad idea." Mm. I mean, I can say that because of the consequences yeah. of what's gonna happen, but I can't sit and say, "Don't do it because it's wrong." Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It would be long... I would have to sit there long and hard for hours really thinking about... Like what is right and wrong. Whether this is right or whether this is wrong. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing with retributive justice. You, yeah. I mean, how do you really balance out the punishments for the acts and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's really... Whew, it's... It's a tough one. It is. I don't know what I would have done in that situation. You know what I mean? Like, you never know what it... 
you never know what that's going to feel like until you're in that mm. situation. But I, it's, it's, it comes down to this whole notion of like forgiveness or um, trying to, because how can you try and exact that amount of pain on somebody again? Because yeah. when that's not you, for example, when it's somebody else, somebody else has taken it upon themselves to do that act. Yeah. But when it's not you that's initially come and done that act, you, you've got a huge emotional bond to the whole situation. Mm. Do you think that you could possibly take yourself out of that and go ahead and like exact that same kind of punishment on somebody else? Like, well, you know I, mean? I don't know. Well, obviously he couldn't do it, could he? He couldn't do it. And so. Which I found like, which like, I did kind of find that really, like, I did, at some points I did find that really weak. Like, he could have at least tied him down properly. Yeah, because obviously, yeah, he, I mean, he kidnaps him. Well, he doesn't kidnap him. He breaks into his house, yeah. the game developer's house, because um, he holds him partly responsible for what happened to his son. Um, breaks into his house, ties him up and whatnot. And then he's like, he's going to do exactly what they did to his son. He makes him, well, he tries to get him to watch the video because they film it, what they do to him. Yeah, yeah. The torture, they filmed it, so... Well, obviously, last minute, he couldn't go through with it, which is, um, which again is interesting because maybe... He's just a good person, It's not, I guess. Well, obviously, the game developer called him a... He would call him a pussy. Yeah. He was yeah. like, he's just a pussy, so... Yeah. But I don't know. It's it's really... It raises interesting questions, but it's really interesting. It reminds me of Law Abiding Citizen. Yeah. That movie. Yeah. Yeah. Which is obviously all about retributive yeah, justice or whatever and yeah. holding everybody responsible who was even involved. Yeah. So at every level. At every single level. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um So how far should like in, in that situation then, you know, when it takes making somebody accountable mm. for that. So would should the game developer should ha, should he have been should he have been made accountable for what the, the result of what somebody else did? Because he because he made it clear mm. that it's a virtual game. Yeah. And he's like, if you are sick, yeah. you're a sicko. That's your own, you know? I mean, look, my personal opinion is that they should be held partly responsible, in my personal opinion. I mean, if if you are able to 100% find a link between the two things, if you're able to say without... If somebody s- says to... Um, says the reason I killed this person with a shotgun wearing this long trench coat mm. and wearing these sunglasses was because Neo did it in the Matrix. <laughs> and in the Matrix, this doesn't happen in the Matrix, but in the Matrix, there's a scene where he's kind of like, you should kill your parents because blah, 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 blah. If that happens, I think the Wachowski brothers should sit down and say, we're partly responsible for this. Whether the guys are sick or not, you put something in the world that could have influenced yeah. sickos to do this kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? It's really complicated, but my my personal feeling is that, yeah, I mean the the, the ripple effects. Yeah. You have to you have to think about these things. You can't just throw things out there and yeah. say, yeah, and just, oh, and just absorb yourself from responsibility. What what exactly? Do you know what I mean? That's the way I see it. But most people don't see it like that. A lot of people say, oh, you can't really. Uh, but I just be like, mate. At the end of it's the like, day, yeah, it's like you do have to kind of clip your, quote unquote, your art then for mm. it. For example, if you're writing a story, so you've got things like um, Hannibal Lecter, yeah, you've got all those various stories, mm. and I mean, I wouldn't be so naive to think that there aren't people out there who have actually done certain things along those lines. Have you read Hannibal Lecter? No. You know, are you familiar with the story? Silence of the Lambs. Silence I've seen. The lamb. Yeah, and 
you know, there's a character in there who's um, played by Gary Oldman, mm. but in the actual book, he's um, like a sadistic paedophile, mm. like, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, raped his twin sister and all this different thing. And like, but those are, they like, somebody reading that, like, you can't control who's going to read that and take on those but it's how you thoughts. But it's how you portray that person. Mm. It's how you portray their behaviours. It's whether you show that there are consequences for those actions. And, you know, it's about the way you condemn... Like, come on, if you're putting out a movie that is... Which has a man who is literally, like, um, like raping people, yeah? And you show no um, consequences for his actions. You mm. don't condemn it. You portray it as if to say, oh, this is calm. Yeah. I personally think that's irresponsible. Yeah. Of course it is. Whether there's sick holes out there or not, bruv, come on. Let's be real. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, it's about the way you portray the characters, their actions, how you condemn, all that. All these kind of things come into it. Do you get me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah, I do think that there's, you, more than, there's more people responsible. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about there was some scenes when he was, um, like, was he 12 or 15? When what happened to his dog? Oh, that's fucked up. So, um, the boy called Davy, he basically punched um, a bully mm. in the face and told him not to fuck with him again. And this bully was known for getting his brothers on mm. people who kind of challenged him, or kind yeah. of like you know. And so he said he'd get his brothers on him, and then it was silent for a while. And then it wasn't until they all came to his house and said. Um, oh, can he come out to play, kind of thing? And then he went out, and his I found I really hated his mom for this. Like, but she kind of made him go out and walk the dog, yeah, with them. And they kind of like. Well, she what? had no idea. Yeah, but if if your son is saying, clearly saying no, I don't want to go out, but you're saying, oh yeah, go out with your friends, kind of thing, and you're saying no, I don't want to go out, and it's completely opposite to how you would usually react. Mm. Why are you being forced? Do you see what I mean? But that's, I think that's the thing. It's in my not. Head, I'm thinking that's just yeah. Why would you do that? And yeah, I mean, I think it's just complicated. I mean, it, yeah. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Mm. And it's like, so he takes the dog, he takes the dog and he go, he's, comes face to face with his, with the with the bully's oldest brother. Yeah. Who has like... Well, because the, they knock for him. Yeah, the boy knock knocks for him. Yeah, and they knock come for him. Out, yeah. and they, so they take him and they go, and he's going on this walk with them. And then they go face to face with the boy's eldest brother and he's got this, is it a pit bull? One of them yeah. dogs that you need to slap on the back of the head of probably a metal a, bar a to release its, yeah, release its jaws kind of thing. Mm. And he was like, yeah, so we're going to, our dogs are going to fight. What dog did he have? He had some. Um, it's like a little puppy thing, isn't it? Yeah, Not like, puppy, but like a small like dog. A, yeah, it was like a, it was a mongrel, some kind of mongrel dog. Mm. But it was like, I was just like, bro, this is actually, in my head I was thinking, no, nah, this is not going to happen. Oh, I knew it was going to happen. happen. Like something's going to come, something's going to happen and it's going to, it's going to come out of it all right and nah. whatnot. It flashes back to the scene and then the dog is whimpering and crying and like had its back legs. Like I found that that was, the, that was the main, that was one of the, the the main scenes for me because like the way that he connected with the dog and he like, he had, he just had no, he was powerless. Yeah. He had no way of making that, um, of coming back from that mm. so, I mean and that kind of like f- fucked him up yeah you know what I mean like, yeah yeah like he went he subsequently went and smashed a chair around his teacher's head mm. because of it you see what I mean and, all, and up until that point he was a relatively quote unquote good boy 
And it's like, yeah, it's like things, there's always those moments that just break you. Like in Moonlight, there's, have you seen, oh, you haven't seen I've Moonlight seen yet? I've read it. Yeah. But it, yeah, so there's a bit in Moonlight where mm. obviously they're making him, um, the main character, yeah. like get beaten up mm-hmm. by the guy he's kissed and they've done sexual things or whatever. And he's literally just standing there taking it. And then obviously it like, it, it, it broke him in it. Yeah. It literally broke him. Yeah. So he came, he was just like, oh, fuck this. And he comes, he comes to smash a chair on. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Somebody as well. Yeah. yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so those moments are really... They're really I, poignant. Really it like. is, yeah, yeah. The thing is, and it's like, but you've got to think about it, though, because that's a catalyst to the rest of the play, mm. if you think about it, because he became really... Um, he just became quote unquote really bad after Ooh, that. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Like stealing kids' bikes and he mm. would never have been in the situation with that where he got a bunch of, I don't know. Well, then we set. never know you, that. You never yeah. know actually. But, you know, being in a situation where he would have been like, you know, being caught by that people carrier and then taken, you know what I mean? That would never have been it, it would have probably been less likely for that to happen. Yeah, maybe not. Had he, you know? Mm, mm. And that's, that's, I kind of, that's what I kind of think. That's one of the scenes that stuck with me for quite a bit. Are there any other scenes that stuck with you in that play? Um, obviously, his monologue about how, you know, game developers, these millionaires, throw things out in the world and then, do you know what I mean, go back into their ivory towers, at, essentially, and, do you know what I mean, and mm. don't have to face any kind of consequences for the shit that they put out. That 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 stuck with me. Um, what else stuck with me? Uh, phew, I think that was probably about it. Do you know? That's probably about it. Yeah. I like I like the I I just love the way it was set up. I love the structure of the play. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really good. Like I said, it was really immersive. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, so they I could their, really they fuck were, with it. They had their stage directions while their main yeah lines etc. Like I would watch it. Who's it by? It's by Gary Owen. It was at the Royal Court. Gary Owen, yeah? Yeah, at the Royal Court. I don't know whether it's be back, but it was there for a time. 
They yeah. were really like it was really good. It was quite a telling play, to be honest. And it did make me think about um it did make me think about a lot, to be honest. But it made me think about like commodifying rage as well. Because the guy that made the made the the game, mm. he made it because he was just angry at his dad. Yeah. And he was like he's a really in really privileged position. Yeah. Like his dad like forked out all the money for him to go to the best school. Mm. Gave him all the attention that he needed. And it was like, there was just certain things that his dad did, certain character, character, like differences that they had. And then the son went and like, mm. went and became, went and created that game. But isn't a lot of art commodified and structured in rage? In what set? Like, what do in, you for example, a good example is, um, Chuck Palahniuk, he wrote a novel mm-hmm. and it got rejected by a publisher. He was angry. He wrote Fight Club. Oh, right. Published, cult classic. Do you know what I mean? Again, um, like you've even got um, that book by Guy um, in our Mad and yeah, Furious yeah, City. Yeah. I haven't read it, but I've seen um, reviews of it. They're talking about there's a lot of rage yeah. in the pages, a lot of anger. A lot of art comes out, uh, comes out of rage. I mean... James Baldwin, he writes with fucking furious know, yeah. but focused intensity. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? You can tell he's angry when he's talking <laughs> yeah. about a lot of the things. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I think rage is commodified but a lot within art. I mean, there's that. And then there's like the visual aspects of killology. Do you see yeah. what I mean? Like you can write about rage. Mm. You can paint rage. Mm. You can sing about rage. Yeah. You, can, you can feel all of that. You can dance it out. You mm. can do all those things. But then when it comes to actively creating something that people can exact punishment mm. on people. Because they're upset. Because they're upset or um, because they get kicks out of it. I just, I don't know. And if, and, for, and like, you know, for having those kind of like games that are out, like in like Man, is it Manhunt? Yeah, Manhart, Grand, Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto, those kind of games. I don't know whether there's a slight... There, sh- there should be more of a concern about it or not. But I don't want to mm. come across as if, you know, just to limit, you know, all these... Yeah, yeah, these of course, But of course, you know course. what I mean? But, like, I didn't, there should be a concern about it. Like, there wasn't... I never really thought much about it up until reading this. So... I, I did. I think what made you so funny... What once made me start thinking about hmm this is a bit weird is because i used to love grand theft auto vice city yeah and san andreas okay san andreas obviously being the better of the two don't at me um <laughs> but anytime i would like anytime i wasn't doing missions and i just felt like fucking around bruv i would do a cheat get a sniper rifle jump on top of a, a car or something let the car drive me around and i'll literally just be sniping people why why, why, why was I doing that? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I know it's the game, and it's, yeah. but it's like, Graphic Thought was just such a good example that if people, actually, it's probably a bad example, but <laughs> it sounds nice. If you give people complete freedom, fam, they're going to go out and just fucking kill each other. Oh, it's like the um, the Purge. Yes, like the Purge, yeah. Exactly, like purge. exactly. It's, it's so bizarre. But I think with what San Andreas did really well, so I'm going into it now, yeah, yeah. is that they off they provided other things to do apart from fucking sniping innocent people. So I used to go, you could just go gym. Go gym. Really? Yeah, you go gym. (laughs) 
Or you could you could nah, you could go out on dates. Me. You could like go out on dates and develop your level of relationship with on with San Andreas. Yes, bro, I had bad things on San Andreas. <laughs> I was hench. I had bad things. You can go and get tattoos. Nah. Michael, go get trim. Nah, 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 nah. Go get trim. Brother, San Andreas was, in terms of graph of thought, <laughs> San Andreas changed the game because you could just do so much more. But one thing I did used to love doing as well. Just use the cruise. Yeah. In the car. You used to get points of like knocking Listening over prostitutes. Listening to Ice and Cube stuff. and NWA, huh? You used to get points of like knocking over prostitutes and stuff, right? Not points, but you Is could. Like... You get money because they had oh, money and yeah. stuff. But yeah, people used to do that. Yeah. What my, my cousin used to do. This is, Yeah, this sounds mad now. My cousin used to pick up prostitutes, have sex with them in the car, kick them out, and then kill them, get, take his money back. Oh, wow. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, See, yeah. When I describe it now, I'm just like, yeah, so this game was actually nuts, bro. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, like I said, yeah, San Andreas give other things to do apart from these fucking mad things. Mm, so, mm, mm, mm. but yeah, I mean, it's it's a good question, Alex. I mean, I I can't see an answer, but like like I did say, I do think that uh, if a proper link connection is made between the two things, then of course people who put it out in the world should have some accountability. Yeah, they definitely should. They definitely should. Yeah. Just on a final thought, then. Mm. Um. Are punishment are any punishments unjust? Absolutely. Do you think? And it, should we and should torture be legalized at any point? It's you know what it's hard because you've got to then say, What is justice? You have to come and do this whole fucking Plato narrative. Yeah. yeah. What is justice, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And I I mean, I'm not personally equipped to do so. Mm. Um I mean I can sit here and think about it, but I don't know. And should torture be um legalized? In some circumstances, absolutely yes. Depends on what you're getting. Like depends on if you're getting information out of somebody that could could potentially save the lives of thousands, one hundred percent torture them. But at the same time, how do you know one hundred percent this person has information? The right person as well. Yeah, because then that happens. You know what I mean? That's that's the question that gets raised. But then at the end of the day, whether those questions are raised or not, I mean, I don't it's know. Mental. It's mental. I don't know whether you should torture people. I don't know whether that should be legalized at all. But I mean, whether it's not legalized or not, it probably will be done anyway. <laughs> to be honest. Oh well, of course it will. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just like, I don't know. I'm still kind of in between on that. But I can't. I can't see myself agreeing with that at any at any stage. Mm. You know. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Mental torture, physical torture. It's all fucked, man. Anyway, this is the book. What would you rate it? What would you rate this book? What would you rate the play? Three out of five. Three out of five. Mm. Based upon story. Yeah, based upon yeah story, characters, and the questions that they raise. Even though I felt like they were a bit heavy-handed, questions are important. We've had a nice little discussion about it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. 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 I'll probably rate it around the same. But I did like I did like the brevity of it. I can't lie. Mm. I did like the brevity of it. But um, I did like it. The going in depth. Fully getting getting to know the character, like even this, this the boy, yeah, and oh Davy, yeah, like Davy and his dad Alan, and when his dad was talking about how, where he met his mom, how he met his mom, mm. then you know creating Davy and the memories he had of him, amazing. Yeah, it was nice. It's it really was, nice. It's it alright still. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. All right, um, so that's Killology by Gary Owen. If when it comes back, have a look and go watch it. it the books in the Royal Court bookshop five pounds. 
Mm. So if you want to go and have a read of it, you can. Cool. Okay. Thanks. You, I mean, you sound bored, Alex. Shit. Bored? <laughs> you yawning and stuff, man. I'm not even, like, it's not even that. It's just kind of, <laughs> it's made me think a lot about it. Like, oh, all right. Are you musing? Like my, like my mind is like proper. Every time I, because the way I kind of envision the play, it's like it's really dark. Mm. And it's just like spotlights on each one. Yeah. And I just feel, and, I, and now that you've said that, I don't know how I didn't pick this up, but now that you said that Davey was dead all yeah. that time. All the time. I was reading The Dead Man, mm. and I'm like, I'm probably trying to like rejig my mind to to work that out. Yeah, just read it again. And it's, yeah, I will read it again. But it's really like, it kind of made me think a lot more. Because I, I was, I fully thought, it kind of, that just shows how my mind is kind of set up in that I'm always looking for the good part of the story. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I and then you latch on to that. Yeah, I'm looking for him to come back like well mm. and develop himself you know what i mean like when i thought oh yeah he wants to become a doctor i was like oh yeah like this is this is cool yeah like, yeah, yeah you know now he, he couldn't be a doctor but he went on to do this and the other he went to help people and do all that and that was kind of me feeling oh yeah this is the lighter side of the story mm, but then mm, mm. you just said this now it's like oh well it was kind of a dark story all the way through so yeah it's musing it's not boredom <laughs> Okay. But it's, I'm low-key shooketh about it. But yeah, go guys, have a look, have a read, um, and let us know what you think. Um, Best Life Reads this week. I haven't read this book, but I do want to. And it's on one of my lists of things to read. And it's by um, Matt Haig. It's called Reasons to Stay Alive. And I saw him tweeting about I saw him tweeting about this um, around the time of mental, World Mental Health Awareness Day and stuff. And I felt like it was really, it was he had some really important threads that he was talking, like that he was sharing about, you know, when he started writing the book and where he was at when he wrote it. And I feel like it's probably a good book to share. Um, once I read it, I'll obviously come and speak more about it on the show. But essentially, it's literally about um, the kind of like when you get to a stage when you don't feel like you can go on further because, you know, you've got all these different plans and nothing tends to be working out. And sometimes you don't see the point in living, it's like continuing in those, in those goals and in those dreams and whatnot. And I felt just like reading, like knowing that it's on my wish list and then go through and then reading the blurb and reading all of that. I felt really compelled to, to read that because we get into a stage where I know a lot of people, we have so many dreams and so many ambitions and so many exciting things that we want to do when we don't get, when we don't get it the way that we want to, like we don't get the opportunities as quick as we want to. We don't get the um, support as much as we want to. Like we just, it's just those not, it's like how to continue. Yeah. How to continue going and not fall apart and not fall apart. I tweeted this the other day um, and I had to think about it um, quite, quite, um, intensely like just like for a good 20 minutes and i was reading somebody um a guy called ben he wrote this article about oh share this article i don't know if he wrote it but he wrote the article about how actors went from their first role mm. and how they look in their latest role and daniel kaluuya he was um they showed him in this first role and i was like that's kind of why i kind of rec- recognized him because me and him auditioned, auditioned for that same 
bro. You love saying this, isn't it, fam? I was this is your claim to fame, isn't it? Because I think Ray even said, oh, yeah, is this your, is this your claim to almost your rise to almost uh, riches? Almost like, made it. Like, you, never know, you never know where you're ever going to end up, mm, right? Mm. And obviously, that, that was definitely not my path. Yeah. yeah. But it just made me think, like, it just made me think, you know, that you, you have ambitions and you have things that you kind of want to do. Mm. And when they don't happen, it's about... It's not about them never going to happen. It's about them not being... I had to learn that it's about them not being the right time for them to happen. Mm. And I just found that really, 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 really poignant at that moment to, to see that. Yeah. And, like, was just seeing that. I was like, okay, so back then and here now, 10 years later, like, what does that look like? Um, so Matt Haig's book, you know, Reasons to Stay Alive, um, I definitely want to be reading that book very soon. We I could do an episode on it. We should do an episode on it. And, Matt, if you're listening... Um, look forward to reading it and discussing with you about it, whether it be online or on the show. Mm. All right, but yeah, that's reason to stay alive by Matt Haig. Um, he's writing a follow up to that. He's writing a follow up. Yeah, looking forward to listening. Can't remember reading. what it's called, but he's definitely writing it. I've, or it I think the, he's written it. It's coming out soon. Might get it on the audiobook actually. Mm. Um, listen to it this week. But yeah, that's reasons to stay alive by Matt Haig. Cool. So what's that tete a tete? Yeah, it's mostly flicks, though. Oh, mostly yeah, flicks yeah, now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. So this week we got the Oscar nominations out, and it's dead, know. fam. Dead. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, nah, nah. I'll nah, go down. Nah. You know, the Oscar nominations out, and fam. We're, um, we're proud. We're proud that there are a few. That are, there are a lot of black nominations on there this year. Um, there's a black I'm British nomination black. that's all I care about yeah that's it I'm rooting for everybody black so mm. that's me but what do you think about the nominations this year so we've got the we've got best picture it's coming out and on that it's just call me by your name we've got darkest hour Dunkirk Lady Bird Phantom Thread The Post The Shape of Water Three Billboards Outside Ebbing and Missouri and Get Out what do you think about that? Yes. I mean, all I heard was get out, to be honest. <laughs> I wouldn't lie to you. So, <laughs> bruv, you know what? Yeah, like, I know people, bruv, we could still come and do Oscar So White. Do, oh, yeah, that was, was that last year, though. That was the last two years. Last They've year. thrown in get out, yeah, and they thought, uh, 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 that'll, that'll placate them. Yeah. Let's let them have that. Do you know what I mean? Let I'm, them have it. Bruv, come on, man. Yeah, like, yeah. seriously, mm. when I saw the nominations, yeah, I thought to myself, I was watching, I was watching Twitter and I was like, People are making so much noise about Get Out that they're just really not realizing they've pulled a fucking fast one again. Yeah, do you know what I mean? As in the Oscar, the society. Yeah, yeah. they've pulled a fucking fast one, mate. Yeah, so that's the only. I'm not the only black film of the whole. Bruv, I'm not trying to be negative, but he's a he's the lead. Yeah, in the film, and he's black, written by a black man. Yeah, actually, I'm looking at the list now. I'm like, that's only, that's the only one. Bruv, I mean, look, come on. I'm not trying to be like um, negative or anything. No, but obviously you've got Denzel, my man Denzel yeah, yeah. Dane as so well. So, yeah. So the lead actors nominated. Uh, so Denzel for Roman J. Israel Esquire, mm. which you said looks good. The trailer looks yeah. amazing. I haven't yeah. seen it. I don't know if it's out of it yeah. yet. I don't know if it's out. Gary Oldman for The Darkest Hour. I don't know. He might be well deserved. Gary Oldman's gonna win it. No, you know, Bruv, he's got his SAG award. He's got his Golden Globe. Fam, like, he's been he's been 
vying with these they, awards. They love that movie. When he came, you cannot reason with a tiger when your line is in... What do you say? When your head is in it. his mouth. Fam, he really... I guarantee you when he delivered that line, yeah, people stood up and came Super to do... Oh, I, was at, I went to the... Um, amazing. I was on the red carpet for it and it was like... He, like, just, there were loads of veterans mm. there. And so, it's because, it's like, obviously, Winston Churchill's big on, like, the, the whole, the British history, the British memory, mm. et cetera, and so on. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, so that's, and Daniel Kaluuya is in Get Out. It's from Dan- Camden, isn't it? I he's from West London. I'm sure I saw him in Labrook Grove. I thought he was from Camden Town, mate. Ouch, yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis for Phantom Thread and Timothée Chalamet for Call Me By Your Name. Um, I doubt Daniel's going to win Best Actor. Nah, he won't. Because this is, because this is a, a very strong, a very strong group of actors. Doesn't mean that he's, doesn't mean he's not as strong, but, mm. you know, been, Denzel's been out here for a long time. Gary, out here for a long time. Daniel Day-Lewis, out here for a long Gary time. Gary Oldman's going to win it, mate. You think? He's going to fucking win it. Nah, let's put a wager on that. I, mate, I bet you any money he's going to win it. Mm. Do you get me? Um, but yeah, I mean, and obviously we've got we've got our Mary J. Blige. Yeah, so she there. <laughs> she's on support. What is it? What is it? Where is she? Support. Have you support. seen Mudbound? I haven't seen Mudbound yet. I was gonna watch. I'm gonna watch it on Netflix this weekend. Mm. Um, uh, so it's, yeah. So do you know the story at all? No, but I know it's a slave story. Yeah, I saw it. And I, saw, I I'm sure it's it a gave civil. me massa. So I was like, mm, I don't know if I want to watch this. Yeah, <laughs> don't like. So she's in there with. Um, so that's for Mudbound. Um, do, 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 do. Octavia Spencer's there for Shape of Water. Mm. Um, yes. Did you read what she said about Jessica Chastain helping her get like I get five did. times her salary? I did. And that's how you use privilege properly. You know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Alex. Everybody yeah. quote tweeted the same thing. You so have to, you have to <laughs> privilege, you have I read privilege properly, and it's just uh, just being a decent person. Like, just like you would help somebody if you're in the same industry. Somebody doesn't, it's not, you know, they're not getting what they kind of deserve. Mm. You talk to them and be like, all right, yeah, this is how it kind of, this is how I went about it. You know what I mean? Just, just general men, not even mentorship, just general conversations with mm. people that would care. But then it's like, why wasn't she getting the same money? Do you really want to? That's what I'm thinking. Isn't she, she's an Oscar winner as well. Yeah. Oscar winner, Oscar nominated 20, how many years in the game? Right. And yet, here we are. Crazy. Uh, supporting actor, we've got. Are we literally going to go through the whole no, list, from? No, no. Oh, oh. I'm just trying to think who's in there. <laughs> you say it, Christopher it? Plummer, he's the one that took over Kevin Spacey's role in uh, All the Money in the World. What happened to Kevin Spacey? Did he pull out? He got fired. He got. He got dropped from that. From the, through all the allegations. From that movie. Yeah. So oh, Christopher so Plummer got put in there. Um, who's Christopher Plummer again? Oh, I can't remember what else he was in. Hold on, let me. Is he the one in um, Frost versus Nixon? Is he is he English or American? Yeah, yeah. I think he's English. He's oh, he's Canadian, even. He was in. Um, what else has he been in? Yeah, it's the same guy. Yeah, same guy. No, 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 no. He wasn't his in face, Frost Nixon. Like I, I can know his He face. was in. He was in the Girl he's with the Dragon a, he's Tattoo. In a beautiful mind. Yeah, but the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Girl with the, oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He was like the. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I see, I see, I see, I see. The main guy. Right. Yeah, so he was in He's that. a handsome man. Pardon? I said he's handsome. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so... But, um, he, there, he, there was that. But I'm just like... 
and obviously Get Out's been nominated again, Best Director, mm. Jordan Peele. What do you think about Get Out? Well, I mean, Alex, you're asking me this question like you don't really know the I answer. I have to ask you because like, obviously well, well, I just everybody think, else doesn't know. So I just think it's again. overrated. That's I mean, it's just... Uh, everybody disagrees with me. I know they're going to come and do, oh, you love to be Mr. Controversial, but <laughs> look, yeah, Get Out. For me, it just wasn't that good, like... I, I mean, I get it. How could you not get what it? It's very. Good, what wasn't good about? It just seems. It just seemed very like. Let's smash this over your head. Oh, do you get this as well? Uh, like, do you get that too? Oh, this is what I mean by this. Dude. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't until I read the kind of there was an article that was out after about all the hidden meanings in it. That I kind of like fully clocked all the hidden stuff that went in it. Exactly. But yeah, but also like, we're not African American, so there's probably true. some things that we're just not going to notice. True, but I do think it was an. Imp- I do think the film was important. I do think it was necessary to see, especially, especially just. Why was it necessary to see? Because I do feel like that when you look at how um, people try to commodify, like not, I hate this word commodify now, but try to look at black people mm. and you know always want what they have in that sense. So you've got the, you've got like, for want of a better family, you've got the Kardashians and, you know, you've got people out here trying to, they want to be black without imp- being black. Try, exactly. They're trying to, imp- they're trying to take the privilege that, quote unquote, the privilege or the, just the, just the way black people are and also put it into, and, and use it. Package with, it as with, white. Package it without actually taking them as people. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Mm. So obviously, looking at in the context of Get Out, when they've got when they've got the auction, and you know they're basically trapping black people inside their bodies, mm. and changing the consciousness and putting the white person in there. Yeah, just because like even like oh, um, there was that story about the granddad who could never win the race because of the the, the black opponent. Yeah. And so he wanted to be in a black body. So he's constantly, mm. so he could be physically alert and physically better. Yeah. That. So all of that stuff kind of just made me feel like, yeah, like, is there an element of just this constant envy whenever we walk out onto the street? Like, oh, you know, watching people like Usain Bolt, like, win every, like as many awards and medals as he's won and, you know, constantly dominating the, the, the 100 meter, 200 meter sprint and you know what I mean mm. and like constantly trying to like berate him and be like oh well he must be taking drugs he must be doing this and not finding any of those things within him so I kind of feel like that was an important it was an important analogy to have to kind of, to you can actually take it package it and then relate it to the world I mean yeah so I that's get it what but... I, that's why I said it was that's why I think it was important right okay fair enough but you just really think it was man that's your own film. that's your own personal problem but... it's not even a problem <laughs> Yeah, you. Okay, fair enough. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, but like, I felt like I felt like it was a good film. I did like. I I would be. I didn't say it's a bad film. I would be interested to see whether they get any awards that year, this year. Jordan Peele will win best um, director. I think he'll win the best director. Yeah, so I'm calling it. He'll win best director, and Gary Oldman will win um, best actor, and best picture is going to be The Shape of Water. Best picture, Shape of Water. Yeah. Best actor, Gary Oldman. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you even look at lead actress? And best director. Best director, Jordan, Jordan Peele. Peele. Yeah. 
Um, okay, cool. We'll see. Yeah, I haven't seen many of the films with the with the best actress nominations in there. I, to be fair, I haven't seen hardly any of the films any on this films, entire list. Like Margot Robbie's in I Tonya, and that, like, look, the, it looks good, as in the trailer looks good. But I've not actually decided to sit down and watch it. But I need to go through all the Oscar films anyway and watch them. But yeah, that's mostly flicks, guys. Do you think? Let us know what you think about Get Out, and what are your predictions for the Oscars this year? Would be interested to see who's going to win what. You know, I think it might it might be shocking. To be honest, doubtful, but yeah, it might be shocking. So we'll see. Cool. We'll see. Moving right. on. So we don't have Ray's issues. Oh no, Ray! This week, no Ray. No Dang, no Ray. <laughs> so we're going to the test. I tip. Um, what do you have? Oh, so the test. I tip this week is basically just talking about this whole David Walliam situation, where obviously he was hosting um, that ball that's just full of um, club. Yeah, full of like obnoxious rich white men. Gross. Um, who were being served by hostesses who were told to wear short skirts yeah. with matching underwear. Yeah. Um, they, they, they had to go there not wearing underwear. Wow. And then they were handed What I want to know underwear is, at the door. <laughs> did, was David Williams unaware of all of this? He hosted the year before. But that's what so I'm what saying. Did he say he hosted it the year before? Yeah, he's hosted it three years in a row, I think. So was he unaware of all of this? Like, no. come on, really? No, I doubt, I doubt. It. and this kind of like this kind of false oblivion to these yeah. things because obviously usually that, that that whole dinner the whole dinner is notorious for it but usually that, that dinner is not really publicised mm. so once it kind of now it's been kind of like revealed to people yeah it's just like um, oh shit that's out of the bag now Mm. kind of thing you know what I mean and I wouldn't be surprised if that was going on for years and years and years bro trust me I, I once read a book called The Equality Illusion by Kat Banyard right and she speaks about that whole culture of like investment bankers very rich um, white men who literally go to these kind of places strip clubs and things like this and obviously that's like their whole bo- that's how they bond mm. do you know what I mean there's like this is not new do you know what I mean I'm I'm sure that David Williams was aware of what was happening. Yeah, they they treat it like a gentleman's club. Didn't somebody say at the beginning of the event, "Welcome to the most un, one of the most like un PC events"? Of like, the year. come yeah. on, do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, this that's just part of their their culture, bro. That, yeah. those kind of people, that, you know, just to be sexist and treat yeah, women as the same. And they were told, like, there was one girl that was told that she wasn't drunk enough, so they, she's like the the, the the person who is her boss. Mm. was like a woman and was like oh yeah down this and mm. go and dance on that table mm. and all these different things and it's just like this whole oh my god something just, just, dis- come- just just disgusting Do you so, see what I mean something just come back to me what? there's a scene in, in Ralph Ellison's Invisible Man right at the beginning where the, the main protagonist he's going to some charity boxing match and all of these white men are in there literally like sexually harassing one of the women who was, um, I can't remember what she was doing. What was she doing? I think she was holding the card, you know, for the next oh, round. And they were literally... The, bo- the boxing. Yeah. And the way they were harassing her and all the, it just brings this David Wyland's things to mind because yeah. rich white men who are otherwise supposed to be good husbands and whatnot, 
get in these situations and act like and they just act like fucking animals yeah. harassing women and do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's ridiculous, yeah, but yeah. yeah, yeah. So what do you think that means for Williams and his books? What do you think? I can't answer that well, question. I'm not going to lie to you. One thing I didn't agree with, which was when Great Ormond Street Hospital said they're going to give back the thousands of pounds of donations that they've received. It's moralistic. Bruv. It's moralistic. It's Great Ormond Street Hospital. The, the money's going towards the children and their health. Because you don't believe... Like, it's, it's, it's a complicated question, but you're going to say, because like, you don't agree with where the money's coming from, the like, children should suffer for saying, that. I think it's more of a... I don't think. I, the thing is, I don't think they. I don't think they struggle with money, for them to reject it. Do you see what I mean? So they're basically like, "Well, we don't need your money." We, we like. I think it was of more. Of course, I think, they I think do. It was more of a, "We don't need your money." Like, I, we don't want. We don't want it to come into a cross. But that could just be me thinking that there was more of a. Are they making more of a backbone than anything? Because it could have just been, "Oh, we don't want to be caught up in all of this." I understand in that, this but news cycle. They were. Yeah, I know. But Great Ormond Street Hospital were probably very unaware. Um, but I just it was just weird to me I was just kind of like you. how did they just quickly come and say we're going to give back all of the donations that they've given us and stuff yeah I think I think most of the organisations that were donated to gave back a lot of their money I think that's weird you think so? yeah you think they should have kept it? I and, think so um, I think because I'm a consequentialist and I just think to myself I have no idea what this means utilitarianism okay. so it's kind of like if the money is going to help so many children yeah just because you don't agree with where it's coming from, oh, right. giving it back is kind of silly to me. Mm. That's the way I see it. Do you know what I mean? I get you. But fair enough. Fair, I, I mean, you. fair play to them. I get you. I get you. I get you. Mm. I don't. I don't know. I didn't see anything wrong with him giving them giving it back because they probably have donors in various different places anyway. But I felt like it was more of a, a grand gesture to make them look um, good. As well, I know, and yeah, I mean. and to condemn obviously what's going on, but it's just I don't know. You know I mean, I'm not sure. It's tough. It is a tough one. Do you think it's gonna? Do you think it'll happen again next year? Oh, of course, it will. It will continue next year. It's probably big, another one next week, mate. These are, you know, the stuff that we, the stuff that we see, and the stuff that there's more stuff that we don't see than we, we do see. Mm. And I feel like there's going to be loads. There's loads of those events happening. They're just going to have a strict social media policy. Yeah, gonna be, there's going to be a strict um, vetting policy mm. now because it's an investigate it was an investigations reporter from the financial times yeah and you know they're, they're going to do that unless, unless it's somebody from within mm. that is saying this is this this shit's happening i can't get this story out i'm gonna can you do this do you see what i mean mm. so i think it will come back next year and i don't think much is going to change especially in the short term well some bookshops have said they're not going to stock david Williams' books well, they've stopped stocking them for the moment. So you don't think? I think that. I think that is weird as well. Because you think that's weird, especially <laughs> no, no. I do think that's strange. Yeah, I do think that's strange just because like he's not. Uh, so are the reasons because he's he was not oblivious. He was he was act, he acted as if he was oblivious. To I think it, because or he, he was hosted in, it, or because he hosted it one, because they probably don't believe he was oblivious, and also because they, I think, he didn't condemn it. Definitely. He really just came to do, boy, I didn't see them do it, so it's got nothing to do with yeah, me. I'm do you know what I mean? And leaving. Exactly. So far enough. There were government ministers in there. Fam, this is, this is it. This is the same with the Ralph Ellison thing. You know, he was like, there was just so many public officials there. It was, it was weird. But, mm. you know, these bookshops, you know, they'll stop stocking Wiley, but carry on selling Roald Dahl. So, boy. What? 
what what did Roald Dahl do? Mm. What did Roald Dahl do? Look it up, mate. <laughs> Roald Dahl was a racist, anti-Semite. Oh. Horrible man. person, too. Okay. This is what I've read about. Uh, but, yeah, anyway. Guys, <laughs> we come to the end of the show. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, so it's a really sticky situation. But, um, I hope you guys enjoyed this week. Um, do let us know your thoughts. Remember to retweet, share, rate, and review. Yep. Us email on us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you email us, uh, mostlylit at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And um, mostlylit on Twitter, mostlylitpod on SoundCloud, and mostlylitpod on Instagram. Don't forget to shout me again, open to commissions. Mm-hmm. Um, so pitch me, yeah, at yeah. Garney and Derek. That's Garney and spelled the correct way. Derek spelled the correct <laughs> way. That's D E R E K. No, Derek, German way. spelling. D E R R I C K. No, that's the no, American spelling. Please. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and Ray will be back, Ray will be back next, next week. week. So you're going you're gonna to hear her, the hijabi queen of London, um, yep. princess, or whatever they call her. Where we crowned her last week. Mm. And um yeah, so hit me up on it's Alex Reads on Twitter and just, you know, let me know thoughts. When we want to hear what you guys think about this week's episode. It was quite a dark one. But let us know. As usual. Yeah, no worries. We'll catch you guys next week. See you guys. See you later. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.